The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny, Sestina, and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. I'm so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of When's my parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me on today's show is fellow certified financial planner, Cole Hammock, and Jared Locke. Good evening. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Evening. Hi. What's Good new in your here. world? Uh, a whole lot of nothing to report, okay. uh, except I, I'm not standing where you are right now, so that's actually pretty nice for me. It's a good <laughs> change side, of pace over here. The other side of the table, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about you, Jared? Uh, just studying for the CFP, so hopefully there you, you can uh, introduce me as that as well. There you soon. go. That's the goal. Someday <laughs> to get go. you those letters, uh, those credentials, the certification. It's good stuff. So uh, today we're going to have a good show, talk a little bit about um, – Workplace benefits. It is open enrollment season, trying to start to yep. prepare for 2022. Important things, important decisions. We're going to go through that laundry list of items to consider uh, and why you should do it and why you should review it. Uh, but as usual, this first segment, we'd like to talk a little bit about current events. Uh, the big thing we've been talking about for many, many months now has been inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're, you know, obviously the, the talk is also about supply chain. And Cole, you, you mentioned you see it on the news, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean, I don't know at this point who's not talking about it, right? Uh, I think there are a lot of concerns. I know Jared, you were saying that there were what in the cargo ships in the bay? It just seems like hundreds of them. Yeah. yeah, so people just aren't getting aren't getting the stuff. Yeah, right. And this is going to be big. The holiday season, right, is around mm. the corner, so yep. people are, are starting to sweat whether or not their goods will be arriving from overseas. So you're saying order uh, early. Yes. Well, yeah, it might be even too late by now, right? Uh-oh. So not only are, the, are these uh, <laughs> tankers or these uh, uh, cargo ships in the in the bays, they're also the, the uh, what are the structures, the... the like the railroad oh, cars, yeah. right? Uh-huh. The, the containers, yeah. right? Yeah. The shipping containers are uh-huh. sitting on the on the loading docks too. Thousands mm-hmm. of them, just yeah. just waiting to be emptied. So it is weird real, times. Uh, big disruption, and mm-hmm. even Walmart, uh, Target, uh, some of the bigger companies are chartering their own now, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're saying we'll we'll go direct. And right? even on their end as well, just with the issues with employment, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's kind of everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's what we're seeing now is another shift in labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, labor negotiations. We're going to start to see that because the labor unions are going to be like, you need to increase uh, wages accordingly to with inflation. Right. Right. So they're yeah. going to be looking at the profit margins of these corporations and and the benefits of the executives and the they're going to be what about the worker bees? Yeah, that's supply and demand. Yeah. So we're going to be see a lot of labor issues. John Deere uh, went on strike. Uh, yeah. Right. So that it start it's going to start and we're going to start to see that and there's going to be another wave of inflation. Uh, to keep up with the wage increases. Mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what does that mean for the normal person? Uh, 
inflation, right? It's <laughs> yeah. gonna. It's not. It's not short term. Yeah. Whatever. Whenever you not hear somebody, you yeah, think? I disagree a hundred percent. When I listen to the Fed or the Treasury uh, Treasury uh, Secretary talk mm-hmm. about inflation being short term, right. I don't agree with that one bit. Yeah. Um, and inflation lies in your spending, where you spend. Absolutely. And I was talking to somebody, and they mentioned they had a on one of their annual costs a forty percent increase. That's real. That's, that's very a, different than the six odd percent they tell you, isn't <laughs> right, it? I don't right. even imagine that. Right. Do they and travel a lot? Is that just renting cars? Or? It was. It was a uh, membership to a uh, a club type membership, yeah, uh-huh. and it went up forty percent in one year. Wow. To a common, and part of it was because of labor that yeah, they had to uh-huh. have the people staffing the difference. facilities and so forth. So yeah. So it's real. Wow. It's it's out there, and so I think we're going to see large increases on insurance policies. We're going to mm-hmm. start to see that. So everyone, pay attention to where your money is going. Track your expenditures. Uh, we talk about it all the time. Inflation lies within your spending. So make sure you stay on top of it. It's real important. So yeah. anything else? Uh, no, I think on that point, that's one of the uh, one of the best things I think I've heard you say. Inflation really is what you make it. Because if you think, I mean, the last few years where inflation has been low, if your spending didn't change you every year, your inflation was zero, whether the government told you it was 1%, 2% or whatever. So if... Uh, government's saying 6%, 10% right now. If you keep your uh, spending steady, your inflation similarly at zero. Yeah. I was, I was, this hit me a few years ago. This is probably about 10 years ago. Uh, I was meeting with a client and their accountant. And the accountant literally said, Ask what, what inflation are you apl- applying? And we, I was mm-hmm. like, We compound around 4%. Yep. And he's like, That's way too high. I go, <laughs> Why is it too high? He goes, Inflation's not 4%, it's closer to 2%. And I turned to the to the gentleman and said, "Are how how's the inflation on your Ohio State football tickets? Uh-oh. Is that two percent?" And he goes, "It's closer <laughs> to twenty <20%." laughs> percent." So year yeah. over year. So that's why I was like, "It's it's where you spend your money." And he, exactly. every year he went to Ohio State football games, and and sure enough, right. So the inflation, it, it's where you spend your money, and you have to track it. You mm-hmm. got to pay attention to it. So yeah. so that one stuck with me. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's yeah. Good. That that's when it hit me. So all right, good. So today's show, we're going to talk about uh, workplace benefits, open enrollment, and uh, Cole. When I bring bring out say to you open enrollment what what comes to mind for you i would say the first thing i would say with most people honestly is health insurance mm-hmm. so what options are available do we make changes at that point what do we what do we consider so that, okay. that's kind of where my head would go first okay jared yeah. how about you yeah i just think of the time of the year when you, you know your employer gives you the option to take a look at the benefits you have and really find out what fits best for you and if you have a family what fits best for them as well yeah and that and that's what we're going to talk about today is is you know what to consider uh, obviously, it starts with what's available. Mm-hmm. So, Cold, how does somebody even know what's available to them? <laughs> well, hopefully, your employer's reaching out, usually via email, I think we say, but uh, they'll reach out, they'll send your benefit enrollment kit, and you should have all that information in front of you. But if maybe you don't check your email periodically, reach out to HR. They should be able to get that information for you. Yeah. And and is that what you, your approach as well? Yeah, I think that that's just the best thing that you can do. And even if you want to be proactive about it, just reaching out to HR and making sure that, you know, they make sure that that gets to you. And then you can review it with either yourself or your financial planner if you have one. And that's that's what you need to do. 
certainly. And and it's hard. And smaller companies may not be as dynamic or robust with their for benefits sure. packages, right? The bigger the company you work for, the more structured it is. You have a glossy binder with your your benefits package, but everybody looks so happy on the folder. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, yeah. right, right, yep. right. Yeah, exactly. You get it. You've seen a few of these. Oh yeah. So so the step one is get your open your benefits workbook, right, and look yep. at it. And and not all open enrollments at the same time. We're doing this because a majority of the companies, it's at towards the end of the year, they say, okay, now we're going to start to sign up for 2022 yep. open enrollment policies. Keep things fresh. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it starts uh, with the new year. So Cole, so you mentioned health insurance to start. Yeah. So let's let's tackle health insurance. Let's go there. We have a couple minutes left in this segment. Yeah. Um, how does someone approach health insurance and buying health insurance through their employer? Yeah, so there's generally a few options, but I think what's most important is you want to figure out which option available is best suited for your health care needs. So you want to contact your medical provider, your, uh, your, your practitioner, uh, any specialist you work with, and confirm that they're in network, right? Because uh, those in-network costs, they're going to be a lot more favorable to you than anything that's out of network. Right. And it also comes down to to your, and when you say in-network and out-of-network coverage, right? What mm-hmm. if someone travels a lot? Yeah, absolutely. Right? right. You have to travel for work. You might spend extended periods of time somewhere, even overseas. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're covered or see, okay, if something happens, do, will I have in-network or out-of-network coverage? Yeah, so Go ahead. To that point, yeah, I'm thinking uh, three sets of acronyms. There's the HMO, your health maintenance organizations, your PPOs, your preferred provider organizations, and your EPOs, which I actually just learned about this one, your exclusive provider organizations. Usually those HMOs, not favorable for travelers. Right. Because they're, they're very restrictive um, in who you can see, and oftentimes they require a referral to actually see specialists. So if you're, you're traveling about, uh, you might get ding- uh, dinged with uh, some pretty big fees. Did they say, what's the CPO thing again? Elite? Uh, yeah, exclusive, exclusive provider organization. So they Sounds have a, elite. A, yeah, <laughs> well, it, they, they have a tighter network, so kind of like an HMO, but they don't require referrals to see specialists. You get a little bit more flexibility, but PPOs usually the, the best in terms of flexibility, but generally cost a little bit more because of that. Great. So when we come back from the break, we'll continue our discussion on open enrollment season for your workplace benefits. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Today's show, we're talking about workplace benefits and open enrollment season First segment, we we touched on health insurance, so we're going to continue there and go to other topics as well. But uh, when it comes to health insurance, mm-hmm. the one number one thing I tell people or remind people, you don't have to get your insurance through your employer. Most people what? think right. Most people think, oh, my employer provides it. I'll just go with it. It's got to be the best available. Yeah. Not always the case. Okay, right? so, go, go on. So you shop. Go do some shopping. See what else is available. You can find uh, independent health insurance. Right mm-hmm. outside, it might be fit better or just be a better fit for for the consumer. So don't think you have to use your employer's policy. And I think there are brokers out there that can help with that yep. process, right? So you're not just kind of going at it alone. There are good resources to yes. to go through that. That's exactly it. And we've had them on the show here talk about it, uh, independent health insurance providers. Um, you can Google it, search your area by zip code and, and find somebody. But again, you don't have to. And um, 
Jared, we talked a little bit about dependence, right? That's a big factor. And what about kids who are in college? Somebody maybe outside of the network? Yeah. Um, if you have kids going out to co- off to college, you know, you want to make sure that the option that you pick for your health insurance option, that wherever they go, whether it's another state within your own state or another city within your own state or another state entirely, that they're going to be covered if they need health insurance because... I'm sure the last thing you want is when your kid goes off to college and they have a medical emergency to worry about your health insurance. So better right. to get that buckled down ahead of time instead of worrying about it when it's actually needed. Right. And often it's it's considered a family plan through the employer. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you have one kid, five mm-hmm. kids. Right. It's, it's a family Same plan. Mm-hmm. So if you have a single, if you have one child, maybe it's beneficial that child gets their own health insurance. Right. It might actually save yeah. some dollars there. So again, shop. Shop your policies, see what else is available. I was also shocked to see that what was the percentage, the time spent on uh, workplace benefits is like less than a half hour. That 57%. 57, yeah. It spend less than half an hour. That doesn't surprise me at all. Right. You just kind of click through to the same things right. you did last so year. Everything we did last day, year, yeah. we do everything again, and that's the <laughs> worst thing you can do. Uh, anything else on health insurance that the consumer needs to consider? Uh well, I think one thing, it's a bit of a tangent, but thinking dental and vision, because right. some people kind of lump those together, they're going to be separate most of the time. Mm-hmm. So you may need to pick individual dental or vision plans based on what your needs for the upcoming year, year are going to be. And and remember with the vision and dental too, you may have to be paying premiums for a period of time before you're covered for certain procedures. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. the extreme maybe root canal. Everyone dreads a root canal. Thankfully, never had to deal with one of those. But where's wood? Right, knock on it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> but maybe you have to you have to have that provider paying that insurance provider for a year or two before you qualify for coverage mm-hmm. for certain yeah. procedures. So understand what you're covered for and what periods of times. And then lastly, uh, review the deductibles. Yeah. Understand what your deductibles are and how does that apply to your financial plan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you have a, a higher deductible, you got to remember that you're going to be paying a little bit more out of pocket to before your health insurance kicks in. So if you're in a situation where saving money is maybe a little bit more difficult, you might want to go with a lower deductible health plan if you think that there there's a chance you end up having a lot more insurance costs or uh, medical costs throughout the year. Right. And if it's a higher deductible, have that cash reserve in place. Yep. Right. right. And that way you're you're covered there for the so deductibles are an important part of the coverage. Yep. Um all right, moving on from health insurance, what else is is on the table here on the menu? Um I'm a big fan of the more acronyms. Yeah, here we go. Alphabet talk about soup. Those, yeah, right, alphabet right. soup, yeah. Uh so we'll, we'll say FSAs, your flexible spending accounts, your HRAs, health reimbursement accounts, and HSAs, health savings accounts. Which do you like best? If I had a pick? Yeah, if you had, a, had to choose meat, chicken, or fish. Uh, well, uh, let's go meat if meat's an HSA. <laughs> All right, HSA. There you go, protein. We'll go with the filet. Why Why do you like the HSA Ooh, best? You just you get a lot of flexibility with the HSAs. So the, the triple tax advantage, meaning contributions to those are tax deductible, or they reduce your taxable income if you're doing that directly through your employer. They grow tax-free, and deduct or the distributions are tax-free if used for a qualified medical expense. Yep. You Nailed can't it. beat that with any other plan. Right. And you can accrue. It can it can, can build year <laughs> over year, and that's so important. Yeah. Many, many moons ago when I entered the workforce, the only thing that was available at the time was the FSA. 
Okay. And I had to learn about that. And, and what is the one thing with the FSA, the flexible spending account that the consumer has to worry about? Yeah. So with the FSA, any money that you contribute to throughout the year, um, there's a chance that that money's gone at the end of the year. Uh, sometimes you get an extra two and a half months to spend that money, or uh, you can carry over, I think the limit's 550 right now. Uh, one thing to remember, though, is because of COVID and uh, any money that you contribute in 2021 is not subject to a carryover rule, um, and uh, you have up until March 15th of 2023 to spend those funds. Instead so of- it can accumulate to 2023, because we used to say use it or lose it. Exactly. And right. literally the deadline was December 31st, and I think they've heard mm-hmm. enough backlash, so they extended it, to, I think, a month or two now. And yeah. now you're saying even with COVID, mm-hmm. you have until 2023 Correct. to to use those funds. Yep. The thing that I like about FSAs is uh, it covers daycare, right? So you can actually mm-hmm. uh, pay for daycare through your FSA, which is a tax advantage plan. Yeah. Uh, so that there are a couple flavors in that. So there's your traditional medical FSA. There's the dependent care FSA, what you're referencing. And then there's a limited purpose FSA. So the limited purpose is something that you can use in conjunction with that health savings account, and that's exclusively for uh, dental and for vision expenses. Yeah. Yeah. We're so confusing them. There's a lot of stuff it, here. It, it we're, is a lot. We're but it, three... t- it takes more than 30 <laughs> right, minutes right, to get through, right, is right. what we're saying. And then what is the HRA about? What is the health reimbursement account about? Yeah, so the HRA, that's, uh, again, that health reimbursement account, that's where the employer contributes money to the pool that you can use then to pay for uh medical expenses along the way or to reimburse rather medical mm-hmm. expenses that you come up or come up along the way. Right. So again, learn what you have available to you. So you have your health savings account, flexible spending account and health reimbursement account. One of those should be, may be available to you through your workplace and sign mm-hmm. up. Uh, Cold. one thing with the health savings account is I know there's a coordination yeah. that if you, what, what's the uh, old, old person, I'm, I'm, I'm creeping <laughs> up on this age of old person contributions. Uh, I'm just glad you said it. Cause I'm not yeah, allowed right, yet. Thank you. Um, but uh, essentially, so, uh, Think your IRAs, think 401ks. You can make catch-up contributions once you hit 50. So it lets you do a little bit more to what you were doing previously. Well, HSAs let you do that too, which most people maybe aren't aware of. Uh, But rather than age 50, it starts at 55, but it lets you contribute an extra $1,000 per year to your health savings account. So to kind of walk through an example, and I'm going to talk for a minute, so if it gets wordy, just tell me to shut up. All right, we only have a minute left, Uh, so we'll go. We'll go. Okay. Um, So... Uh, we'll, we'll talk spouses here. Uh, so let's say one spouse is uh, has the insurance for the family, uh, so you're able to contribute $7,200 per year to that uh, HSA. That's the maximum for 2021. Uh, generally, you can contribute, or th- they rather can contribute the $7,200 plus the $1,000 catch-up getting you to $8,200. But the spouse being covered under that health insurance plan can also open up their own health savings account in turn, contributing an extra $1,000, getting that maximum to 9200 for the year. So it's not something a lot of people talk about, think about, or know about, but it'll let you squeeze a little bit more, one out of taxes, but saving for future medical expenses. Right. And with you said, the triple tax benefit, Absolutely. right? It squeeze as much money out of the system as possible. Um, use those rules to your advantage. So, yeah. So, again, review your, your, uh, plans, review what's available to you through the health savings account, flexible spending accounts, health reimbursement accounts, and then also factor in future increased contributions. They are going up next year. I think the HSA is now 7300 mm-hmm. I, I believe so. I'm not certain, but I think Sounds that's right. where it's going. So there are increases. 
and then work your cash flow. What can you afford? And hopefully you can afford the maximum contributions. So when we come back from the break, uh, we're going to continue the conversation. We'll switch over to insurance, life, disability, long-term care. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me on today's show is a fellow certified financial planner, Cole Hammock, and Jared Locke. The three of us are talking workplace benefits. Uh, before we continue with that discussion, if you'd like to learn more about John E. Sestina and Company and the Managing to be Wealthy process, you can contact us. Look us up on the web at managingtobewealthy.com or give us a call at 614-326-3077. One of the things, this is the time of year, we try to just squeeze as much information and, you know, send us your workplace benefits, your please, yeah, booklet, right? What's available mm-hmm. to you. Uh, one of the things that is very common is insurance, right? We talked health insurance. Yeah. We talked the, the HSA, FSAs. Those are relatively new to the last 15, 20 years. Life insurance has always been a big part of this. It's covered through a group policy. Mm-hmm. How do you approach that? What do you talk to people about when it comes to life insurance and the group life insurance? Well, considering it's group, is how long do we think we're going to stay with the employer? So that being a, a big piece of it, it's one thing to lock in that coverage. You feel good about it. Maybe have a million dollars of life insur- insurance through the employer. But if you leave the employer, you might not be able to take that with you. Right. Jared, any? Yeah, just to branch off of that is that if you know that you're in a spot that you're going to jump from job to job, maybe you're younger and you want to build your resume, whatever that might be, uh, be careful with that because uh, there you, you will go through periods where you might be uninsured and that's yeah. a risk that you might not be able to take. Right. And then if you become uninsurable, you, you lost everything yeah. altogether, right? Yep. And that's, so that's the, the pros and the cons of having personal life insurance versus the group relying on the group coverage. Mm-hmm. A portability is, is something maybe someone may hear. What is portability? So it essentially allows you to port or take that policy with you from the employer. And that obviously would make things a little bit better. Uh, it makes things better, but it doesn't happen with every employer. It's not uh, something to assume that it's available. You definitely want to ask that question because I don't even think that usually comes up in the benefit enrollment info. Right. That's you. You have to go a little bit higher up to get that answer. Yeah. And the one thing I think I, I like to talk to people about with the group life insurance is, let's say they're younger, maybe in their early 40s, 50s. Mm-hmm. They look at their group policy and they're like, well, my premiums are so much less than if I went out and bought a 20-year term policy. Right. And a lot of times they think, oh, why bother? I'm going to go to my group insurance. But what they fail to recognize is the group policy is a one-year renewable term policy. Mm-hmm. So every year the policy, the premiums, on the policy are adjusted. So you may end up being in your early 60s and paying a much heavier premium than you would have in your 40s or 50s when your group premiums are lower. That's absolutely right. And I know Jared and I can think an example where we've seen this, but essentially what they do in that group, because usually they're in brackets too, um, but they kind of cater to the, the lowest common denominator, the least healthy individual within that class so that the company is making money. So when you're, you're looking at that, you want to say, well, if I'm a healthy individual, if I'm in my 40s or 50s or 60s, is group insurance right for me still? That might not be. Right. Again, going back to shopping, right? Mm-hmm. Shop your policies. Yeah. Anything else they need to worry about with the life insurance? A big thing with life insurance is just making sure that your beneficiaries are in order as well. Uh, you want to make sure that you know, you've got your spouse on there. If you've got one or uh, contingent beneficiaries being your kids, make sure that you have that stuff in place so that if it is ever needed 
those people are getting that money in a time where that's one thing that you don't want to have to worry about. Right. Yeah, because worst case scenario, and I've seen this before, is it ends up being an ex-spouse. Yeah. And no one wants to have that conversation. <laughs> no, right. No, I, I no. don't want to have it. It's you don't want to have it. Yes. So Does let's yes. <laughs> no. So let's let's do it right. If if there's a major shift, make sure you're updating those beneficiaries, not just for the life insurance, but everything. Right. And that your estate planner, if you work with an estate planning attorney, they can assist who should be the proper beneficiaries. Uh, most people do it on their own within that 30 minute stretch that they're reviewing <laughs> right, their, right. their workplace benefits. But beneficiaries are an important <laughs> part of the equation. Um, okay, we'll move on. We got lots of cover still here in the show. So next is disability insurance. Let's go. What's One of the most important insurances yeah. out there. One right? of? Well, or I mean, you know, health insurance, you yeah, could okay. be bankrupt, good, right? Good. Yeah. Uh, but outside of health insurance, you're four to five times more likely to become disabled during your working years than you are to die. So I would take this one over life insurance. Yeah. It's important, but you have to make sure you're protecting your income, okay. right? And, and oftentimes the employer policies, while cost effective, don't usually provide the benefit that you need. Mm-hmm. And Jared, what... Again, what is your starting point with disability insurance? Where do you look? Yeah, I think with disability insurance, you just, again, understanding how much you spend. And uh, if you were to become disabled, are you going to be able to live the same lifestyle? Or uh, if not, you want to get a disability insurance in place so that you, your family, again, are just taken care of and uh, they, they still get the income even if you're not able to work. Right. You're insuring your income. And there's two different types. There's short-term disability versus long-term disability. The short-term is exactly as, as defined. It's shorter yep. term. I think maybe three months. Uh, yeah, I would say usually three to six. Right. Depends on the, the, the company. And mm-hmm. then after that term, you may switch to, if you're on claim, switch to a long-term claim, mm-hmm. which what do you have to worry about here? Well, the devil's in the details <laughs> with, with a lot of things, but disability insurance in particular uh, so I would say the, the first thing is probably how long is long term? I think generally speaking, it goes to 65, but sometimes it might just be a two-year policy or a five-year policy through the employer. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, it's it's the definition of disability. So that's own occupation and any occupation being the, the standard yeah. uh, definition. So we'll pass that one to you, Jared. I know you're studying. Yeah. So with the own occupation, this is pretty much saying that uh, if if you have this type of coverage, that if you become disabled and you're not able to do your own occupation, that benefit pays out. Uh, the less advantageous one, any occupation, is if you're not able to do any occupation, it'll, it'll pay out. So you might not be able to do your job, but if you can do something that's you know considered a, a lesser job, that policy might not pay out. And you got to be careful, too, because some policies, it'll be own occupation for the first couple of years. And then it switches to any occupation. Yeah, and that the benefit period is so important. And we've, we've seen benefit periods is like 12, 24 months. Yeah, right. So you're only That's covered for no covered for two years. And so again, it, this is the most um, probably difficult, most most complex, and maybe boring. People don't want to read this part sure. of it, but it's important. It's probably the most important of the insurances for in my ter- my eyes. Yeah. Uh, but as, you said health insurance is pretty important as yeah. well. But. Especially think about it too. If it's a a, a, fa- a, a single income household right? Maybe spouse, kids. Having this disability insurance right is so important Yeah, because there's nothing else to fall back on otherwise. Yeah. And the same thing applies with disability insurance as life insurance. You can go buy it on your own independently. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not cheap. I'll tell you. And that's the other thing too, is don't always fall for the cheap insurance, right? right? The accidental, the uh, critical illness and so, or accident workplace uh, Mm -hmm. insurance. 
understand what you're buying, why you're buying it, and there's a reason it's not very expensive. And I'm glad you brought that up because I've had clients come to me thinking that those policies, critical illness, cancer policies, that those were long-term disability. That's what they thought. But actually getting the policies going through the details, there's a one-time payout if you have a qualifying event, but that's not monthly income for the next 30, 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, so very, very important. And then lastly is long-term care. Some some benefits uh, offer long-term care insurance. Now, why would you buy long-term care insurance while you're actively employed? Well, we'll go back to the first part of life insurance, and that's portability. So hopefully, and maybe some people like working, people are workhorses, but hopefully most people aren't working into their mid-70s, 80s. Uh, so hopefully John's not listening. But, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, at, at which point, that's usually when long-term care would be relevant. So it's being able to take that from the employer, port it to a personal policy, and then you're able to take that with you into retirement. Yeah, exactly. So again, long-term care is for those later working years. So these, all of these insurances are very, very important. There's actually pet insurance. Some companies mm-hmm. offer pet insurance. It's all available. Uh, read your benefits uh, booklet. It's in there. Uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to go into the investment and the saving side, the, the plans, the 401k plans, the stock purchase plans. The uh, all the things Please that say you stock options, stock options. There it is. So <laughs> when we come back from the break, we'll dig into that. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Today's show, we're talking about open enrollment season, workplace benefits. I went through all the type of insurances that are out there, maybe more, right? But you never know, but read your benefits workbook, see how it applies, right? Right, new things every year. Um, Before we get into the old traditional 401k, 403b plan, uh, something else that's out there is legal services, that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a bad thing. People think that's, oh, somebody, I need help with an attorney. There's <laughs> right. other things when it return, in regard to your financial plan. What's yeah. that? I think the primary one we think of, and you referenced it earlier when we were talking about beneficiaries, that's having an estate plan in place. So most people, probably not on the, the top of mind, uh, especially when you're younger in your 20s, 30s, 40s. But having that estate plan, the, the will, who does what, gets what's, take care of the kids, power of attorneys, so who makes decisions if I can't, and the living will, you want to pull the plug, essentially. Uh, those are all very important, and the legal services benefits a very cost-effective way to go about getting those uh, executed. Yeah, and if you have a, 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 least, a less complex estate, Mm-hmm. Right. As you said, in your younger years working, take advantage of it. Yeah, Get those basic documents done. I uh, don't have to worry about it. So that's something everyone should consider as well. Uh, and then the other one I, I think is interesting that's popped up over the years is tuition reimbursement. Mm-hmm. Like that, don't you, Jared? I'd really like to sound <laughs> Right. That. that would be good for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is what it is, right? Tuition reimbursement. So it's a way of pay, helping pay for tuition in uh, a tax-favorable basis. Exactly. So as long as you're taking those classes, your employer, assuming they're offering this program, they're able to re- reimburse, I think, up to about $5,500 at least this year in those costs. And to your point, Stephen, on a tax-advantage basis, instead of that after-tax money coming to you, that's tax-free money, it's pretty good. Yeah, right. It's pretty good. Pay your expenses before you pay your taxes, right? That's Ooh. That's a way to look at it. All right, so hopefully uh, those are available to people. Now let's switch to what probably is the most well-known workplace benefit, the retirement plan. What's available? 
Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of different things that are available. Um, things that are being a little bit more phased out as your pension plan, stuff like that. And what we see a lot now is 401ks, 403bs, uh, 457 plans. Those are all different ways that you can defer some of your income. Uh, sometimes getting a tax advantage or uh, paying less in taxes because of it. And you're saving for retirement. And a lot of times at, as well, your employer will encourage that by offering a match, which ends up being free money as long as you contribute up to that and stay with the company long enough. Yeah, no, it's a great point. I'm glad you brought up the pension because outside of the public right. sector, uh, the onus really is on the employee now. Yeah. So you're not going to get the, the the golden handcuffs to, to keep staying with the company for 30 years, grow the pension, and then right off into the sunset. You have to save yourself now. Yeah, and and this is the time of year when you have a 401k or a 403b, uh, even a 457 plan available. Review the investment options. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're only allowed to make changes once a year. Right. What is rebalancing? A rebalance is sometimes a consideration. Yeah. So usually just throughout the course of the year, I mean, think last year, for example, was a wild year for a lot of reasons. But as some investments perform better than others, they're going to have a bigger piece of the pie within your investment pool. So to rebalance is essentially to sell high. You want to sell the ones that are doing well so you can buy low, buy the ones back that are doing at least comparatively not as well to get back with an alignment. Yeah. And again, review your uh, deferral, how much you're contributing. Mm-hmm. If you're not maximizing it, try to increase it. And that's one of the things you can always have, to have an automatic increase. I'll add 1% per year on yeah. top of my normal contribution. So the goal is to get you that full maximum amount, which is $19,500. $19,500 with a catch-up contribution, right, for this, us old-timers. Right? Yep. So it takes me to twenty six. <laughs> that would be great. So, yeah, so understand what you can put into your 401k plan or your 403b or 457 plan. Understand yep. what's out there. Uh, there's another plan that's out there that's called a deferred compensation plan. Good or bad? It, it depends. Okay. Right? Uh, good in the sense that it'll let you do more tax advantage savings, but bad in the sense that if the company goes under, you lose that money. And so, think about the pandemic. Exactly. Right? People yeah. had the non-qualified deferred compensation plan where come, some of people were concerned. Yeah. Right? Is my company going to survive? Will I lose that money I deferred? Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. Uh, the one thing I always like to remind people is the payout option. Exactly. So how does that work? Yeah. So uh, again, it depends. So there's a lot of nuance with a deferred compensation plan. But generally, you have one or two options uh, with that payout. Sometimes it's as soon as you elect to start that plan, you make that decision. That's a one-time decision, and that's it. Um, Otherwise, it may be a a separate decision that you make during open enrollment every year. But essentially, you have the option to take a lump sum at retirement or maybe within a year or two of or spreading out those distributions, usually five or 10 years, we say. Right. You'll see a five-year, a 10-year distribution, a 20-year distribution. So mm-hmm. the distribution period is really important because if you think about the lump sum, you work for a company for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, you're deferring a lot of money. Oh, yeah. You could have a lot of one big tax hit. A million-dollar tax mil- bill. And think about mm-hmm. you, you defer a million dollars, you separate from service, and next year's tax plan comes in, you're one of those evil millionaires. <laughs> and you're going to learn yep. what taxes are about. So, yep. uh, yeah, so you got to be careful on how you uh, elect your uh, disbursement of this uh, deferred compensation plan. Absolutely. And just to, to to separate these a little bit, so we're talking more on the, the private sector deferred compensation plans. 
Uh, but on the public sector, there's a deferred comp or deferred compensation plan as well, which are a little bit more favorable in the sense that you can roll those into an IRA. You have a lot good of flexibility point. with those. That's a really good point, right? So you're allowed to take that balance and put it into your IRA mm-hmm. uh, and not have that risk at hand. So again, a lot of different options available. Uh, Cole, here we come. Your favorite I'm so topic? Excited. Yeah, stock. Yeah. Company stock. What's what do you would you like to say here? <laughs> so I, I could probably talk about this longer than anybody would want to hear. Uh, <laughs> but there are a lot of types. So there, there's a stock purchase plan. So essentially, that lets you purchase company shares at a discount. It just as simply put as that. Uh, but then it gets a little bit more difficult. So then it gets into the restricted stock options. So usually the employer views that as a form of compensation. Uh, so instead of just giving all of your bonus maybe in cash, they'll say, well, here's some cash and here's company stock. But there's a, a tie to it requiring you to stay with the company until those shares vest, at which point you can do whatever you want with the shares at that point. Then they're yours. But usually it's you have to wait a year to three years to actually see all of that benefit. And then when we want to get really difficult, the employer will offer stock options, which essentially gives you the option to buy shares. So it's very different than the RSUs because you get those. You have to buy these stock options. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused and hung up. And part two, because no one explains these to anybody. Right. Right. I think the people who offer them are more confused than anybody. (laughs) Probably. It's it's complex. Yeah. It's not in the benefit enrollment. Usually they don't have a big group huddle where they're talking about what sort of stock awards you get. It's just here they are. Good luck. Yeah. So it helps to have someone in your corner to, to talk through those, what those mean, right. and really to uh, to set expectations for a, a strategy or a plan. Very, very, very important. And and these all come with tax consequences, too. So you're going to need your financial planner, <laughs> yes. your CPA, and we said your estate planning attorney uh, for, for beneficiaries. So coordinating with your other advisors is very, very important. Mm-hmm. So if you ever hear the word stock options and you work with a financial planner or a CPA for your taxes, bring it to their attention. They yes. need they need to help explain it to you. Yeah, you don't want to bury your head in the sand with those because otherwise the stock's just sitting there, not doing you any good. So think uh, restricted stock, for example. You pay taxes on those when that vests, and if you're just going to let that money sit in a pool forever, you don't see any monetary benefit from that. Right. Then if the company goes down, well, you paid stocks for essentially nothing. Uh, and then stock options, usually there's a 10-year hold period on those before those options go away. They expire, yeah. So if, if you just don't think about it or don't want to think about it, then, again, you might not be getting any benefit from that employer uh, compensation. Yeah. And, again, with that little back uh, <laughs> backtrack on diversification, diversify, right? So Yes, right. Um, that's about it. We, we, we went through a lot of the popular ones. There might be more available to you within your workplace. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.